the teachings of the Ascended Masters are universal and available to all. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And greetings, everyone. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. You are tuned to The Open Door, the Internet voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. And are you ready for today's show, Terry? Well, I'm ready as I'll ever be, Tom. That's good, because the topic of today's show, there are no halfway measures. Well, that's because our focus today is on compromise. Yeah, and and let me assure our listeners right up front that we are not about to tell you that all compromise is bad or wrong, okay? Not going there. In fact, I happened to mention today's topic to one of my colleagues here, and the first thing she said was, Make sure you distinguish between good compromise and bad compromise. (laughs) I said I thought that making this distinction would be necessary, but she insisted. So you uh, uh, compromise? (laughs) Are you kidding? I just smiled and said, yes, dear. (laughs) (laughs) I see. Okay, well, moving right along, (laughs) let's uh, let's put today's topic of compromise in our usual context of the spiritual path. Yeah, on numerous occasions in past programs, we've spoken of the fallen angels and forces of darkness. You know, in particular, we've drawn attention to their strategies that are designed to separate the light bearer from his or her light. Which is divide and conquer. Yeah. The you're not good enough ploy, uh, uh, flattery, <laughs> sympathy, a condemnation, karma dodging. Now, needless to say, the forces of darkness have a whole toolbox full of strategies, plots, and ploys designed to keep us in the dark and unaware of our true divine heritage. And one of their most subtle and insidious tools is compromise. Oh, indeed. You know, in the book by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, titled Strategies of Light and Darkness. They speak about the divergence from God's plan by small degrees. And this strategy has been described as the salami technique. Yeah. Those who are spiritually inclined and aspire to come up higher are led from the path one thin slice at a time until before they know it, the entire salami is gone and so is their spiritual focus. The fallen ones simply whittle away at an issue or a situation by small degrees. And when the light bearers have their backs turned, they shave off another slice. Often, the intent is never even declared. They just do it. Well, sure. You know, <laughs> you see this very cleverly in pop- popular culture today, too. Think of the movies, uh, music, and art of the early, of 20, early 20th century and compare it to what we see today. Well, you know, that's a really good point. You know, what we have today is so much worse that it would never have been accepted if it had been introduced all at once. Instead, things deteriorated inch by inch over time. A nick here, a baby step there, nothing big or dramatic, just a slow and seemingly inconsequential erosion. And media executives and entertainment programmers today continue to push the envelope of taste, decency, and titillating but morally repugnant <laughs> content. You know, and let's be clear, such things have been allowed to deteriorate. They didn't just happen all by themselves. No, sure, the strategies were subtle and long-term, but if people hadn't agreed consciously or unconsciously to compromise their values and find what's going on somehow acceptable, the deterioration couldn't have happened. Well, look around. This strategy has many applications in the world of form. No, it sure does. In uh, education, politics, parenting, social norms and mores. And, and the point is this. 
For those of the light, small compromises can take you a long way off the path. And that's really the central message of this program today. A long way off the path. Right. You know, we must remember what's at stake, our ascensions. When the fallen ones can take us off this path by whatever means, they've won. And we don't want them to win. No, no, we don't. In no way, shape, form, or matter. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, we want to ensure our victory despite whatever the fallen ones throw at us, especially any tendency or temptation to compromise our light and path. You know, on this point, I'd like to read a very short excerpt from a teaching from the Ascended Master Sana Kumara. He said, and I quote, I bring you then the awareness of your responsibility and accountability in accepting the burden of light. Every battle that was ever lost that resulted in the loss of worlds upon worlds has come from seemingly minor episodes, minor weaknesses, subtle intrusions on the part of individuals who felt that they were not supremely important. They felt that someone else would carry the load and that their compromise would surely not result in the death of a soul or a world, unquote. Well, well now, that's, that's sobering, isn't it? <laughs> As they say, eternal vigilance is the price of freedom. Awareness action is the key. And once aware, we need to hold the line. We need watchmen on the walls for the Lord. Well, that's it. On behalf of our brothers and sisters, we need to sound the alarm when our precious liberties are being eroded or removed slowly and subtly. Look at the big picture. If things are moving in the wrong direction, you may need to take a stand, even if what you notice does not seem at all significant. Yeah, right. I mean, if we choose to be accountable, we will surely notice when things are amiss in both big and small degrees. And at the same time that we may realize some action is required, it is important to remain balanced and reasonable. It does no good to be fanatical about insignificant details. Okay, we aren't getting preachy, are we? Well, <laughs> was I scolding? I mean, beginning to orate? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but we do have a bit of a passion behind this subject, don't we? Well, yes, we do. And, and that's because we want to make sure everyone knows just what's at stake. But if you think it's time to put the soapbox away, okay. <laughs> well, let's just say it's time that we, we turn our focus to the Ascended Masters and positive ways we can deal with the tendency to compromise. You know, it occurs to me that there's something that we should actually want to see peeled away bit by bit, our karma. That's <laughs> right. We don't balance our karma all at once. We accomplish this day by day by our good works and by our violet flame decrees and calls. Mm-hmm. Now, doing this daily, we build a fortress of light, uh, balance our karma, and acquire the necessary vigilance to catch any tendency to compromise before it happens. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's the proverbial win-win situation. And again, we do not mean to indict anyone for compromising. We've all done it. It's just one of the many tests we have to pass as we run the gauntlet of Earth's schoolroom. <laughs> I like the gauntlet. One. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what some of us, uh, what are some of the common compromises that we tend to make, Tom? Well, okay. Uh, how about those little white lies? Oh, yeah. You know, even the term white is misleading, almost as if to say because they're white, as in light, they're somehow okay and acceptable. But they're not so innocent and small. Uh, they couldn't possibly hurt anyone, could they? <laughs> well, we want one of our goals to be to live the truth by example. And in that, there is simply no room for little white lies or exaggeration. If we make it a habit to dull the truth by taking off some of its rough or sharp edges, we're telling those who look up to us that it's okay to fudge the truth a little bit. And then over time, it gets easier and easier to make these seemingly harmless concessions. Another example of potentially harmful compromise is cutting corners. Oh, isn't a good one? <laughs> Here, we may not outwardly compromise our honors, honesty, but we will just as certainly compromise our integrity when we don't do a job the way we know it should be done. Yeah, I mean, it's so easy to feel hurried and hassled and use that as an excuse to cut corners. Well, maybe it's something that uh, gets uh, willingly overlooked because we, we decide that in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter all that much, but it does. But it does. Ah, the fine print. Yeah. Everything does matter. 
You remember that quote we shared in a recent program about doing a good job with whatever we do, but not waiting around for applause? Mm-hmm. I think it went, everything counts, but nothing matters. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> the point was to realize that it's always a good idea to give whatever we do our all, but not be attached to the outcome, mm-hmm. not wait around for a standing ovation. <laughs> and we know that's not easy. I mean, it's human nature to want to be acknowledged for what we do. To occasionally get a standing O. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But whether or not we get that pat on the back shouldn't stop us from doing a good job for its own sake. You know, one very important aspect of what we're talking about here is honor. When we understand that whatever we do, it is actually God who is the doer, then we are truly honoring our source. And in doing so, we honor the fact that we always have the choice of recognizing who's really acting when we when we act, talking when we talk, and thinking when we think, which is why everything we do counts, whether we have an audience or not. It's what we do when no one is looking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, and another very important way everything counts has to do with what we were talking about just a few moments ago, karma. <laughs> Honor, honesty, and integrity are all inextricably tied to karma. Oh, yeah. And the law of karma is exact. As much as we might want to think otherwise, there really is no escaping the requirement to balance our negative karma. Even the karma we earn by little white lies, <laughs> cutting corners, and anything else that compromises our light, no matter what the degree. Yeah, because eventually the bill comes due. That's right. Indeed it does. So it is a mighty good idea not to run up the bill in the first place. Oh, really? <laughs> I think you may have just had a Captain Obvious moment there. Well, it's an honor <laughs> to imitate my co-host. Oh, shucks. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of honor, You've got something for us on that subject today, I think, don't you? I do. What follows is an excerpt that has been adapted from a dictation given by our beloved Sanat Kumara on the Cosmic Honor Flame. Oh, that sounds good. Let's hear it. A reading adapted from a dictation given by Sanat Kumara. Beware the choices you make. Beware the road not taken. Beware of avoiding the most difficult roads for the easy way, the broad way. As Jesus said, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Therefore never shirk or shun the difficult and never be bitter that your toiling seems to be greater than another's. You can never overdo your toiling, for in that toil you are pulling the black threads from your garment. When you shall have pulled all the black threads, you will then have a coat of many colors. And when you accelerate those colors through sacrificial service, you shall have your seamless garment. Do not minimize karma, then, as it plays its role in your everyday life, and do not blind yourself to the issues of your karma. Above all things you might pray for, pray for the cosmic honor flame and make it your own. Without your word as your honor, without your actions as your honor, how can you walk the straight and narrow path wherein you commit wrong toward none but goodwill toward all? That is the beauty of the honor flame. When you speak in honor, when you do not repeat gossip, when you do not engage in criticism, condemnation, and judgment, you will see how you liberate yourself to enter into the cosmic honor flame. Have you thought when you make your major choices in life that there is one right choice and a thousand other options? What leads you to the right choice? It is honor, honor in daily decisions. And if sometime you may tarnish your honor, you can polish it again by right action and a profound humility, calling upon the law of forgiveness, so that you might be given another opportunity to perform not one, 
but many righteous deeds. That is all that anyone can do in the human octave, for in this world there is no time machine that can take you back to retrace your footsteps, to make right your wrongs. Each step you take in life must be a calculated step, so that at the end of each day you approve of the steps you have taken. The world is yet in a precarious state, teetering and tottering upon the unstable mountains of karma that her evolutions have created, a refuse that they refuse to see, to take responsibility for, or to transmute. The ascended hosts of the Great White Brotherhood cannot guarantee the stability of the earth, but you can guarantee the stability of your own heart, your own mind, your own honor, your own path, and your own resolution to balance karma every day of your life. Karma, then, must not be forgotten by you. Take every opportunity to teach the teachings to another soul, to give some gift of self, some element of comfort, or supply, or food, or care, or spiritual <coughs> nurturing. Take the high road of acceleration on the spiritual path, and achieve what you must achieve in these years, and then be at peace that you have done your best and given your all, and pray that your best and your all are counted for your soul and for your victory. Uh. Counted for your soul and your victory. I know. <laughs> well, when we return after a short break, we're going to share with you a special interview with Elizabeth Clare Prophet entitled The Law of Karmic Return. It's all about understanding the continuity of the soul's evolution as an absolutely basic tenet of true Christianity. Please stay with us. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. What happens to people who will not take responsibility for balancing their karma? You know, in this, there is absolutely no room for compromise. 
In the following interview, Elizabeth Clare Prophet tells us why it is so important to take responsibility for balancing our karma now. Our interviewer is Doug Kenyon. What happens to someone who doesn't take responsibility for balancing his own karma? Jesus had an answer for this. He said, Woe unto you, lawyers, for ye have taken away the key of knowledge. Ye entered not in yourselves, but them that were entering in ye hindered. The lawyers Jesus is speaking of are those who take the letter of the law and split that letter and destroy the key of knowledge of God, which is in the great mystery that is revealed by the Holy Spirit, the understanding of the continuity of the soul's evolution is absolutely basic to true Christianity. Then do people go to heaven or hell when they die? Well, what I'm concerned with is not so much heaven and hell, is that there are those wolves in sheep's clothing who are in the pulpits of every nation who are telling people that there is no return of the soul, there is no opportunity. What this means is that there are individuals who have defied God, who are unwilling to go before the judgment to atone for that sin, to reincarnate and undo the wrong they have done. In other words, to serve life and to set themselves and that life free. They want someone else to do it for them. And so they take the true teaching of Jesus Christ as the world's Savior. They take his tremendous demonstration of love for us and they turn it into an escapism whereby they can totally escape from the law of karma. This is the great tragedy that the real teaching and the real meat of Christ's teaching is taken from his children today. What happened to those teachings? Jesus taught that John the Baptist was Elias come again. There's no way we can rationalize that Jesus was not teaching the doctrine of reincarnation. But if we need further proof, here we have Jesus saying to his disciples, Whom do men say that I the Son of Man am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. The point here is that the disciples were telling him that others were speculating on who he might have been in his previous incarnation. Jesus never rebukes them, never says to them, it is wrong for you to speak of something that is of the devil. But he goes right on with his question because he is not interested in speculation on who he was in his last life. He wants to know if they have identified the eternal nature of Jesus and of all who is the Christ. And so he says, but whom say ye that I am? And this is when Simon Peter gives his famous answer, thou art the Christ, the Son of of the living God. And Jesus blesses him and says, Flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And so Jesus has demonstrated to his disciples that the Christ is the eternal nature of himself. And it is by the identity of the Christ that he desires to be remembered, not by his previous incarnations. And thus he teaches us all the emphasis we should place. We're not particularly interested in knowing who we were in our past lives. What is important about the doctrine of reincarnation is that we are able to face the fact that what we are today is the totality of what we have been before. And it is this rebellion that concerns me, because without that understanding, we cannot evolve to the place where we can reunite with the I am that I am. 
Have any of the church scholars taught reincarnation in the period since Jesus left us? Well, as a matter of fact, Origen of Alexandria, one of the most influential members of the early church, as influential as Augustine, actually taught the pre-existence of the soul and the doctrine of reincarnation. His famous writings have been destroyed almost completely because he was condemned and his theories were anathematized. But in fact, he set forth not his own logic, but the prevailing understanding of the Christian mysteries by the group of souls who had retained that message which Jesus gave, of which John speaks when he says that there are so many things which Jesus did that the world could not contain the books that should be written. But nevertheless, finally in the year 553 it was Theodora and Justinian who determined that his works should be anathematized. And therefore, the doctrine of reincarnation has fallen into what we might say the subconscious body of knowledge of the church. It's interesting to note that Theodora was a prostitute before she became empress and the wife of Justinian. And in contemplation of this doctrine of reincarnation, she could not face the consequences of what a future life might be because of her previous sins. She would rather make permanent the doctrine that she could be saved through the Christ and not bear her own burden, as the law states we must all do. And so we see that it was rebellion against the inner law which Christ taught that caused so much controversy to rise up against origin. How important is it that a person come to believe in reincarnation? Well, St. Germain, who is the master, the ascended master of the Aquarian cycle, teaches us in one of his dictations how important it is. He says that it is the keystone in the arch of being. Without the understanding of re-embodiment, as he calls it, we cannot really understand our soul's path of evolution. And he says it would be most beneficial if the human monad could refrain from prejudgment in matters of cosmic doctrine and could universally accept the reality of re-embodiment. For it is in the acceptance of this doctrine that the true wisdom of the ages is more easily discerned. It is most difficult for mankind in any age, perceiving in the span of a few short years a series of events relative to the personal self, to be able to judge the world in which they live and the entire society from which they have derived both bane and blessing, and then to be able to perceive cosmic matters and assess them properly. By accepting and rightly understanding re-embodiment, a new cosmic sense is developed in the individual who is then better equipped to see behind the surface effect underlying personal causes stretching back across the dust of centuries. St. Germain says, simply because men lack conscious memory of a previous existence does not validly deny this truth. Many have already experienced the feeling of having performed a given deed before. Many have noted with interest the manifestation of genius in art, music, science, or other aptitudes at a most early age, indicating the resumption of the broken thread of identity. Modern physicians take note of the distinct personality of babies on the very day of their birth. All over the world, fascinating and authoritative stories are related concerning someone who does recall some scene from a past life. In the book, Quietly Comes the Buddha, it says, 
Consider that you yourself have sown the wind, and that if you would enter into the fiery core of being, you must first reap the whirlwind. What does that mean? They have sown the wind and reaped the whirlwind. This is simply the law of cause and effect. And in order for that law to be fulfilled, the individual soul must reincarnate because we cannot receive the full impact of all we do in a given lifetime. And so it is talking about the fact that we must face our karma first before we come to the judgment, before we come to the trial by the sacred fire, before we are to be weighed in the great balance of life. Because God allows for us to balance the karma and he gives us extensive opportunity until ultimately when that span of opportunity has been fulfilled, then comes the final judgment which is written about in the book of Revelation. It seems that most people in the world are actually getting behind in the game rather than getting ahead. Is there any hope for them? Well, the problem is that people are not actively balancing their karma in the West because they do not consider it a necessity. So the philosophy of the children of God is derived from the fallen ones who say, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you die. And they are talking about the death of the soul. And they are teaching this doctrine. And the children of God have nowhere to turn. Because their leaders teach them, it doesn't matter what you do. You can never pay your debt. You can only lean on Christ who died for your sins. And so round after round of this false doctrine, embodiment after embodiment, comes the utter disappointment that the soul cannot yet be received in the resurrection by the Lord Christ because it has not settled its accounts. And therefore it is directed once again by the lords of karma to return to the scene of its crime, if you will, to stand, face, and conquer all that has transpired in the past. So then you would attribute the general spiral of decay in the world to the failure to take responsibility for one's previous lives? Not only one's previous life, but the present life. Not only do people not come to grips with the past, but they can scarcely take that responsibility for what they did yesterday. People are walking out on responsibility everywhere, and this is the moral decay of civilization. You preach a hard doctrine. <laughs> Nevertheless, Doug, it's the law. And if we betray the law, we betray our own souls. We will all keep reincarnating until we are willing to balance that karma. Thank you very much. Uh, indeed, words to the wise. <laughs> well, up next, our weekly Q&A. And today, once again, we are joined by Reverend Sidney Bennett. Please stay with us. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. 
the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And welcome back, everyone. I'm very glad you stayed with us. It's now time for our weekly clarity ritual. This is otherwise known as Q&A, in which Terry and I provide the Q, and our designated hitter provides the A. <laughs> and as we said earlier, filling the hot seat once again is our good friend and regular contributor, Reverend Sidney Bennett. Hi, Sid. Gentlemen, good to be here. Good to see you, too. Now, as you know, our topic today centers around compromise and the dangers of compromise to our soul's progress on the spiritual path. Do you think we're overstating the case for the damage that compromise can cause to our ultimate goal? No, I don't. And, and, and the reason is because it can be so subtle. And that's the danger of it. You know, we wouldn't go out and commit an abject act of evil. Um, we know that's wrong. We wouldn't do it and so forth. And yet there are the little things that happen in day-to-day life that, that are wrong, too. And yet if we don't recognize that, they build a momentum on mm-hmm. their own and can come to influence how we live and what we do. Now, the challenge is we live in a very imperfect world, so to speak, a physical world, and we can't be running around fearful of, you know, stepping on an (laughs) ant every two minutes, you know. And so we have to find that balance of integrity in God and understanding who we are, that God is truly in us, but also understanding we live in a very physical world that has imperfections and so forth, and to find that razor's edge of where we need to be to walk the spiritual path, not compromise who we are, but not put ourselves up as, you know, some righteous being that uh, can do no wrong so it's mm-hmm. it's it's a path to be walked and understanding but you know there's a book years ago that was written don't don't um sweat the small things right and we can understand that from a certain context but from another context do sweat the small things because they're important yeah well and i think that is something that grows better and easier perhaps with practice absolutely yeah, yeah. <laughs> well we know that one of the reasons our listeners tune in is to learn practical tips and techniques for accelerating their spiritual journey. We hope that's true. (laughs) We hope so. What's a good, simple call that anyone can make to overcome the temptation to compromise? You know, when you're faced with a situation that you're trying to reason through and so forth, and, you know, we we can rationalize a lot. It's not too difficult to do (laughs) that if we really want to. I I found it's a pretty easy thing to do. (laughs) But what's the right thing to do? And if you don't know what the right thing is to do, make a simple call. It could be to Jesus, to your Holy Christ self, to your voice of conscience, which is really your Holy Christ self, and say, in the name of the Christ, I call you, beloved Jesus, my Holy Christ self, 
let me know what is the right action in this situation, mm-hmm. you know, and then see how it feels. Cause a mm-hmm. lot of times, you know, you, something won't feel right. Even though yep. you want to do it, it doesn't feel right. Just say, okay, that's right. I hear that voice. I hear the still small voice. I'm going to do the right thing, even though it may not be the best outcome for me in the situation. Yeah. And I think that, um, the wording does not have to be exact, but I think that there's a couple of components to the call that we should perhaps remind our listeners of. One is you invoke the presence of a master or, or, or a or God in the name of God. It's not the name of our human consciousness. We right. Do things. Yeah. And then the, the actual words are not as important as, as the, the meaning that you want to convey. Right. And what I didn't Help say, me. which always say, let God's will be done. We always let don't God's adjust our calls according to God's will. Yeah. Thank uh-huh. you. Yeah. Um, but, but it's very simple and you get in a habit of doing this and you'd be amazed how much you can understand and what you can learn by doing it. Yeah. And how easily it begins to roll off your tongue. You know, oh, yeah. as, as the need comes up. Well, I think you're pointing out something we've talked about earlier. You know, the everything counts, but nothing matters. I, I know we've mentioned this, you know, very sage and, you know, actually very zen like advice on a number of occasions, but it probably bears a bit of further explanation. Would you mind elaborating a bit more on that? I want to tell you a story that illustrates this, and this happened to me many years ago. I was relatively new to the teachings of the Ascended Masters and trying to understand the path and the Mm -hmm. law and so forth. Mm -hmm. And I was doing errands one day on a Saturday, I think it was in Glendale or someplace, and I was chewing gum. (laughs) I'm not a gum chewer, but for some reason this day I was (laughs) chewing gum. So I was walking along and it was time to get rid of the gum. And there was no (laughs) trash can around. And I thought, well, I'll have to wait for a trash can because I don't want to throw it out. And then a, a part of me said, you know what? What's the difference? Is it really going to be a big deal in the world if I throw <laughs> my gum on the ground? And so you know what I did? Yep. I threw it on the ground and didn't think any more about it. Well, I got home after my errands, and this is the gospel truth, and I got out of my car. It's a couple hours later. And I saw something along the side of my car. It was a very thin strip, almost the, the size of a pencil lead. And it went the entire length of the side of my car. And I got down and it was sticky. And I realized oh. it was chewing gum. <laughs> and I have no idea how it got on my car like that, oh but it did. Gosh. It took me about an hour and a half to clean that gum off. And, you know, I was thrilled to do it because God taught me it did matter what I did. <laughs> yeah. I didn't take accountability and responsibility. And I was grateful for the lesson. Oh yeah, it's it's. I mean, I've heard other stories about people, similar things where it comes back, if not instantly, almost very close. And that's the mercy. That's the mercy. Yeah. Yeah. One of the areas of greatest compromise in the modern world is in the arena of, of what's considered acceptable in art and entertainment. Oh boy. (laughs) Yeah, there are many who hold to the belief that entertainment is essentially benign. Oh, it's only a movie. Some might say, or it's just make believe. And with that attitude, many parents will allow their children to be subjected to some very damaging material. Oh, man. Essentially, you know, really compromising the children's innate goodness and possibly doing long-term damage to their soul. So what's your take on this? Well, what do you, I, think? I, I, you know, our standards relative. I, I think that's a question we have to ask. And in this day's world, they are. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've yep. slowly gone to the point where things that, as you suggest, Tom, wouldn't be acceptable 10 years ago, are fully acceptable now. Yeah. If we understand God, understand the honor flame, understand the true nobility of our souls, there are things that are not right and should not mm-hmm. be done. Yeah. You know, my wife is a child psychologist, and she has told me numerous times about parents taking small children to these horror movies yeah. you know, and, oh. and things that are not appropriate, even mm-hmm. Harry Potter type mm-hmm. things, which you think, oh, that's all innocent. Well, it's not innocent. For the psyche of a child who is so vulnerable it can be very, very damaging. And parents, you know, I've seen good parents, they lack discernment. Just because the masses do it does not mean we should do it. Right. Protect the integrity of their child's psyche and don't inflict things on them that they can't relate to or deal with. And that's what our society has done. Well, especially in the first seven years, I, I know Maria Montessori says that's very, very plastic. Yeah. And it's, Ooh, it's just yeah. like, it's like molten, you yeah. know. 
Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, you know, it raises another topic, an area that we you you mentioned it in the earlier segment, Terry, about are we you know getting too preachy? And I think part of that has to do with the fact that we feel so strongly about something that this this is not a place where we can compromise our own beliefs. And yeah. you know, you would expect a program on the teachings of the ascended masters to have a certain you know preachy element. <laughs> but uh, on the other hand, what that question really underscores is our passion for giving our listeners access to practical spirituality that will free them from many of the limiting beliefs that we've all grown up with. Uh, you know, and one of these perhaps is is compromise in, in the face of, you know, peace in the family. <laughs> well, know? I know. And, and, you know, um, there's a lot of popular shows that will feed you milk. Mm-hmm. The teaching of the Ascended Masters are in the meat, yep. the meat of the spiritual path. And some things seem come kind of strong. But, you know, when you want to know the truth, you want to know it, even though it may not be what the public feels or what's popular and so forth. You know, I love the story, and, and I think it's a good analogy of Thomas More, the great saint, you know, when he was uh, thrown in the Tower of London because he wouldn't approve of the marriage of Henry VIII. Right. And, um, you know, his friends came to him. It's a great scene in the movie. says, you know, Thomas, why don't you go along with it? What difference does it make? You know, come along with us for fellowship. You know, oh, and Thomas gosh. says, well, when you know, after we die and you go to, to heaven because you were honest with yourself and I go to hell because I compromised who I was, would you come with me for fellowship? <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> there's, a, there's a balance there. You know, we don't walk around like self-righteous human beings holier than thou. Yeah. But there is a standard to be kept, a standard in our personal life, the standard interaction with our family, with our friends at work and everything we do. That is the cosmic honor flame. It is the standard of God. And we know what's right and what's wrong yeah. innately. We really do. Keep that standard. And the reason we need to keep it is not only for our own souls, not only for what people see on the outer, but even when people disagree with the standard you keep, at a soul level, you are sending them a message that I am willing to take a stand for truth, even though the results may be unpleasant to me, it may be difficult, you know, inconvenient, whatever it is. And even though they may deny you, on the outer, their soul is getting the message, and that is what is so important to do the right thing. Yeah, the truth is not always a popular choice. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that the tendency to to moderate our passion could be a form of compromise, (laughs) which leads to this obvious observation. Resisting compromise takes courage, I think, which you just pretty much uh, talked about. Well, exactly. Sana Kamara said, you know, don't avoid the hard roads. It's a human tendency to take the easy way, you know. I don't want the hassle. I don't want the problems, the difficulties. But any progress has occurred in this civilization as a result that people have been unwilling to compromise, have been willing to take a stand. And, you know, we respect mm-hmm. the rights and, and of others and their beliefs because we want them to respect us. Mm-hmm. But we must take a stand for what we believe to be true, not only for our own souls, but for the souls that are coming forth and the children. Because they will believe a lie if they've been taught nothing else but the lie. Right. Yeah, well, you mentioned civilizations and cultures, and I think history is full of examples of people's and countries who lost everything because they literally, inch by inch, compromised away their basic freedoms. Now, isn't this what happened on Atlantis? You know, there was a time in the Golden Age in Atlantis when Jesus was an embodiment, and he was the ruler of the Golden Age. And the Golden Age is where everything is, you know, literally golden. golden and it's <laughs> the, the God reigns supreme. Mm-hmm. And little by little, certain elements of the populace started to turn away and to pursue the path of their own selfishness and self-love. And it's like, it's the message, you know, surely you shall not die. <laughs> you know, you've got this golden age, well, enjoy a little of your freedom. Well, eventually what happened is they so compromised the spiritual light that Jesus withdrew from that island of the continent of Atlantis and took many of his disciples to India 
and eventually the continent sank. Oh, so boy. the little compromises can lead to big events. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, before we take a break, let's talk for a minute about uh, two uh, good. Uh, well, about the good side of compromise. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there is a good side to compromise, right? Uh, well, if you're married, you know the answer to that one. Of course there is. Of course there is. You, know, you have to work together. We always don't get our own way. So that takes discernment. It takes yeah. the razor's edge. You know, compromise, you know, on where you're going to dinner tonight, even though you may not want Chinese. But yeah. when it comes to your own integrity and the honor flame within, that's where you draw the line. Well, yeah. it's, it's negotiating, isn't it? I mean, yeah. uh, you know. Sure. I, I, I think if you held everything exactly the way you wanted it, you'd be pretty hard to live with. Right. <laughs> I shouldn't say you. I mean, I can point the finger at myself. Exactly. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, um, we've got to take a break here. Um, but uh, please don't go away. When we return, we will continue our discussion of compromise. It's risks and rewards with Sidney Bennett. Don't go away. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And thanks, everyone, for staying with us. And as promised, we're back for more discussion with Sidney Bennett on the subject of compromise. Now, before the last break, we were talking about good compromise. Is there anything you'd like to add before we move on? Well, I think part of an understanding of, of uh, working with other people is learning to, you know, limit your aspirations, your desires in the interest of the common good. In other words, um, everybody can't have anything they want. In a labor management negotiation, mm-hmm. obviously, if the company is going to remain viable, labor can't get too much, or the labor is going to remain viable, management can't 
take too much or so forth. And so there becomes a point where you have to work together with other people. And we learn that um, through compromise, negotiation, and so forth. And it is possible to do that without compromising your integrity and who you are. It's interesting that um, in the retreat of the Ascension, which Serapis Bay has over Luxor, Egypt, a lot of times candidates of the Ascension will go, go there and they'll be placed in a group of people that they've had trouble with in karma in the past. Oh, boy. And they'll have to learn to work together. <laughs> and, of course, negotiating, <laughs> compromise, and so forth are going to be key to that. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with that innately. It's understanding where compromise is appropriate and, again, where it isn't. I could imagine a room full of autocrats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I think one of the masters said compromise on the things that are not important and do not on the things that are. Yeah, so, and, a, and the challenge is knowing which is which. And yeah. that's where we need to have an attunement with our holy Christ self, with the Christ consciousness, with our voice of conscience, and be willing to listen and, and, and know the prompts of what's right. And if you don't hear anything... Well, just ask yourself this question, what is the right thing to do? And a yeah. lot of times the answer is pretty obvious. You know, I, I, I'm reminded of something, I think it's a Zen or a yoga aphorism, not sure which, but it's, when in doubt, do nothing. And of course, the do nothing is referring to kind of a meditative state. Go in and ask right. for the will of God to, to be made manifest. But right. I think that's probably very good advice is that you, if you don't know what to do, wait. I mean, you, you know, let and it, I, let and it I want to address sometimes there are situations that aren't totally clear yeah and you know you have to do the best you can and what the christ consciousness the common sense that you have and realize that there are imperfect decisions sometimes that you have to make but you do the best you can and that's yeah. the key uh, well the title of today's show is don't compromise your victory and as we've already made clear the victory we're talking about is our ascension which we recognize as the ultimate goal in life so how can a little compromise have such a potentially big impact on our spiritual <laughs> journey and goal? I mean, Well, you know, learning how to live and act is one of the things that the masters teach us. And making right decisions and right action will lead to more right decisions and more right action. There's a momentum that's built. I see. And when we start to compromise things that are important, we build a momentum in the opposite direction. And I'm kind of, we're going to be doing a show, I know, on momentum coming up. Coming up next week. How crucial that is to yeah. a person, not only in their spiritual path, but in everything they do. I remember I was buying a car once and I was sitting with this sales lady and I had done some research on the car and I could, she was lying to me about oh. this certain aspects of the car. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, you know, is it worth compromising your integrity to sell a car? You know, it really isn't. You know, yeah. and so what is what is the true value of what you do? And you know, there are people that take advantage of sort of loopholes, so to speak, <laughs> in, in our legal systems or in business law. But there's no loopholes with God. You know, it's either right or it's not right. And Buddha That's talks right. about right livelihood. Make the right decisions, and maybe you won't be as rich as someone that that makes the wrong ones. But I can tell you, you'll have a lot more good karma and a lot closer to getting back home to God than that other person will. Well, be. and you know, you said something earlier, and I think we probably mentioned this before, and that is that there is a part of you that does know the difference between right and wrong. It isn't something that you have to scratch your head and go, gosh, I wonder what to do now. There's a part of you that knows. You know, one of the plots of society today is to keep people so bombarded with radio, with music, with, mm -hmm. you know, uh, iPhones or iPods you know, or whatever it is, that they don't think. They don't listen for God's message and into our nations. And if, you, if you're continually engaged mm -hmm. on the outer, you may not hear that still small voice. So make some time in your day to listen, to talk to God, to thank God for your blessings, and to see what comes to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, um, in, in regarding this whole topic of knowing right and wrong and, and making the right decisions, of course, we also talk about a, a subject that's near and dear to our hearts here, which is karma. Yep. Um, and again, I know we're repeating some of this, but it might be worth repeating that whenever we compromise our light or our integrity or our honesty, we do pay a price. Well, we do. And I think you can look at it from two perspectives here. 
One is, you know, because we're children of God, God is within us, we want to do the right thing. That's sure. the innate thing. But if you look at another way, too, you don't want to do the wrong thing because you're making karma. I mean, I've had more than occasions <laughs> where I have found an error in something I've been charged or whatever. In fact, I got home once and find I wasn't charged for a vanity I bought. And I went back to Home Depot or wherever it was and tried to get them to take it back. And it confused them. They couldn't understand why I was there, you know. Oh, my gosh. And, and they thought, oh, you're so honest. Well, it was enlightened self-interest. Yep. You know, I mm-hmm. wanted to do the right thing because I didn't want the karma of getting something I didn't pay for. And if everybody did that, what a world this would be. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. Well, another aspect of the danger of compromise that we haven't talked a lot about is, is honor. I mean, we did a, mention the cosmic honor flame. But uh, tell us a little bit more about that. You know, there's a great scene in the movie Beckett where um, I think the king, uh, I think it was Henry II, as I recall, maybe it was the third, I don't remember. But anyway, he's talking to Beckett, and, you know, they used to be buddies, and all of a sudden Beckett got religion and so forth. Oh, yeah. And, um, <laughs> and he makes the comment to, to Beckett, well, when did you start to love this God so much? And Beckett said, I love the line, he says, I began to love the honor of God. Mm. And there is an honor. It's a truthfulness. It's a perspective and it's a vibration. The cosmic honor flame is an actual flame mm-hmm. that humans can carry if they honor that and bring that to them. And it's doing the right thing. It's standing for truth, not compromising who we are. When you give your word, it's good. And, you know, we make promises to God. You know, it's the, the, you yeah. know, the, the guy that's drowning suddenly gets very Religious. Friendly, friendly with God, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and they make promises and so forth. Don't wait till you get that point in your existence. Yeah. Get to know God. Be true to God, you know, under promise and over deliver. So many people in their enthusiasm say, God, I'm going to do this for you and that for you, and I'm going to do all these things and so forth, and then they don't fulfill. Well, you know, God has a memory, and the masters have a memory, and they know who keeps their promises and who doesn't. And sometimes they are much more willing to sponsor and give light to those that keep their word, obviously, than those that don't. So be honorable, be truthful, and you will have the presence of God with you. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to maybe do a little... (laughs) <laughs> not over the clever segue here from the cosmic honor flame <laughs> to another flame yeah. because there's something else that we talk about quite a lot. And you know, why is the violet flame, you know, so potent in overcoming our negative momentums? Well, the use of decrees of the science of spoken word, it can be very powerful in overcoming patterns or momentums in our lives we want to get rid of. Mm-hmm. And the reason being, obviously, the violet flame literally can dissolve some of those momentums. And if we don't recreate them, so to speak. They can go away. There's other decrees and so forth we can give that will literally act like a sword to cut us free from these because it's a rut you get into, and the rut gets deeper and deeper and deeper. So the use of the science of the spoken word and the violet flame and other decrees is key to breaking the pattern mm-hmm. and to freeing you from these things without unwinding every single coil that you've built over probably many lifetimes. And so the combination of the termination and the fire and the will and the prayers to God to help you and the use of things like the violet flame can greatly accelerate your ability to be free of these patterns of behavior. And, um, you know, watch yourself. Watch how you think. Listen to what you think sometimes, yeah. how your patterns are, and say, okay, that's not really where I want to be. I want to do this, you know, and you ask God for help. So, again, we're on a path. We're imperfect beings in a physical world. But we can strive and we can make progress and we can change. Start doing the right thing. You know, that. what would Jesus do? I mean, it sounds almost become trite yeah. in our society. But and yet it's so powerful and so true. Oh, man. What is the appropriate thing to do that will draw forth a light and be a message I'm sending to everyone around me that there is no compromise with darkness? Yeah, yeah. Well, earlier when we were offering our thoughts about being passionate in our sharing of our <laughs> beliefs, preachy, <laughs> Uh, with our listeners, one word that kept echoing in my mind was urgency. So we're not only passionate about sharing the Ascended Master's teachings and their powerful and practical spiritual tools, we also 
We feel that the world needs these tools, and they need them now. Now. <laughs> Would you agree that we're living in a time of urgent need for the Ascended Master's brand of spiritual mastery and freedom? People know this is a time unprecedented almost in our history of risk and danger to mm. the civilization. And in some ways, it's even greater than we see on the outer. And the Masters are almost pleading with people to take a moment from, from the daily lives, from the numbness that's on so many people of trying to survive economically or whatever, being caught up in sports or, mm-hmm. you know, other things that mm-hmm. are, are not bad, but they take us from the path of God. You know, these are dire times. There's no other way to describe it. We trust in the Lord, but we trust that if we use the tools that God has given us, the science of the spoken word, the prayers, and these wonderful teachings that change our lives, it will change the planet. And if we do nothing, as Sana Kamara suggested, all these little decisions and compromises can literally cost a civilization or a planet. And I don't want to be melodramatic, but we have to be honest at what's at stake here. We can't change what other people do. We can change what we do. And so, you know, you are hearing this message, the teachings of the Ascended Masters. You should give it a try. You know, whether you accept it and move on or it doesn't work for you or whatever it is, that's up to you. But you have these teachings. Try them. Give God a chance to work in your life. It's profound. It's dramatic. And, you know, it's a striving. It's a work. It's a path. But it's a purpose. And if you're trying to scramble and find meaning in your world and something you can do to help this planet, the teachings of the Ascended Masters, the science of the spoken word, have the tools that you can choose to to change yourself, your family, your situation, and to bring this planet back to where it's supposed to be, and where it's supposed to be is a golden age. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you just summed up my passion quite well. Wow, <laughs> yeah. Well, and on that note, another hour has literally flown by, and I'm afraid it's time to wrap things up. I want to thank Sidney Bennett, as always, for his clarity and wisdom. Thank you, Sid. I just want you to know, it is always a pleasure to have you with us. And, and we want to thank you, too, your list, our listeners, for joining us today. We hope you find the subjects that we share illuminating and helpful as we, as you pursue your spiritual path. And we always welcome your comments, questions, and concerns. Yes, we do. Simply send them mm-hmm. to us at webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. And, and please be sure to join us again. Yeah, we certainly hope that you will. And again, I want to stress that, that uh, you can reach us, you know, webradio at tsl.org. Um, just drop us an email. Send us a comment, uh, some feedback, whatever you'd like to share with us. Yeah, I'd We're like to hear totally from you. totally open to it. Yeah. Thank you. And we'll respond. Mm-hmm. We'll get back to you, okay? And as we sign off today, we'd also like to leave you with a little prayer, just a little a, a call you can make in your day-to-day existence. And, you know, Sydney, do you have something sure, in mind? Sure, sure. Dear God in heaven, we pray that you would teach us the way of the cosmic honor flame, the way of non-compromise, when it's not right to compromise and when we need to as well. We call to our Holy Christ self to be that voice of conscience so loud and so clear that we will always know and do the right thing. Amen. Amen. And remember, everyone, though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out out of this this world. world. Indeed. Have a blessed and victorious week, everyone. And thanks for listening. Bye-bye.
thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.